0: Hi friends welcome to the universal sisterhood podcast we're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper lift their gaze higher live freer laugh louder smile brighter and be the authentic woman they were designed to be every human heart is created to be known loved and understood so this is the place where women can share their stories Welcome to episode 24. Um, Today on the podcast, I chat with Karen Doyle. She is the co-founder of a national Catholic women's movement called Sisterhood. Her and her friend, um, I suppose, birthed this um, movement over a cup of tea about 12 years ago. They realised that there was a need and they wanted to provide a place of formation and support for women of all ages as they seek to grow in their relationship with the Lord um, and, and those they do life with. So they provide small regional groups, uh, regional retreats every two years, um, big events, they have conferences, they've got heaps of resources online. So if you want to further your walk with the Lord, I thoroughly recommend you look into these resources. Um, you'll love hearing Karen talk. She's warm and open and honest, and she has such a heart for women's ministries. Her and her husband also have another business um, called Choices Media, which supports parents and teachers um, in their task of educating young adults about their sexuality and um, I suppose who they are, who they are and whose they are, which I absolutely love. Um I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you do, share it with a friend so that the podcast can get out there um, and people can listen. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Karen. Hello. It is, <laughs> it is more more than um appropriate that I am jumping for joy that you are on this podcast with us today. <laughs>
1: oh, it's great to be with you, Jess. Thank you.
0: Now, I would like, let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. And what your life
1: looks like right now. Well, well, my life looks like right now. Oh my goodness. Well, this morning has been a little chaotic. I uh, rode my children to school, of which two of them came off their bikes and um, grazed themselves and I got them to school and have got home in time to record this beautiful podcast. So You're a woman of many talents. I tell you, I don't know, but I think it's a miracle we're here, so praise God. It, it most definitely is. Yes. How many, how many times have we tried oh we've tried many so this is a true miracle for anybody listening (laughs) that's
0: right (laughs) all right Karen so could you tell us who you are
1: who I am I sure can yes so my name is Karen Doyle Um, I have been married to Jonathan for almost 18 years and we have three children under 12 um, beautiful two girls and a son and they're all at school we run a company together um, I love to swim and ride bikes and read books and, and also I do a lot of work with women through the Sisterhood Women's Ministry. And that's
0: what we want to talk about today. But yes. let me get back to
1: swimming. My yes. word for the year is actually swim. Oh, I love it. <laughs> do, how often do you swim? Uh, I would swim every day if I could. I do live in Canberra. So w- yeah. winter, indoors. well, that rules it out. Yes, I do try To go during winter. When I was younger, I swam a lot, so and I swam competitively and trained. But now it's where I can squeeze it in. So we do have a pool at home. So after I ride the kids to school, I I do try and swim at the moment while it's warm.
0: Is it heated?
1: Is it yes? Yes, it's heated. Yes, it is. It's too cold here otherwise.
0: Well, I've, I've just been overseas and my word for the year is swim and it's 17 degrees, Karen. And I got in.
1: It was heated, but it doesn't really make too much of a difference when it's no. cold. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is really cold. I, yes. It's very invigorating. You feel alive. Totally. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. I'm going to do more of it. Okay. Good let's get you. back to you.
1: Um,
0: hat, let's start with your. Have you always been Catholic?
1: I have. So I was born and raised Catholic, but, however, my mum is an Anglican, so she's still Anglican. My dad was Catholic, so they married in the Anglican church, but we were all raised um, Catholic. I'm one of four children. Um, And my mum and dad have a very beautiful way of that complementarity, I guess, that comes um, in marriage, but particularly with that different denomination Hmm. Kind of aspect to our lives. So growing up, we would go to mass every week. We'd also go to my mum's service, Um, and she tends now to to go with dad each week to Catholic mass. Each mass and to an Anglican. We did growing up. Same day. We did. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I can't say that I was thrilled about it during my teen years, (laughs) but um, I I think what the gift it has given me, I guess, is um, I guess this idea of the ecumenical. And yeah. the, the spirit of unity between mm-hmm. different denominations and people, and really appreciating what each um, can bring. bring to the table. Absolutely, totally. and and together, my parents had a very strong faith. So it wasn't about, I guess, a particular denomination, rather than their their unified sense of yeah. faith, their trust in the Lord, their love for Jesus, and that just came through for How us beautiful. growing up. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, so did you always keep your faith or did you, have, did you have a little, was your path a little wobbly along well, the way? Well,
1: I, I think I had my first experience and it was a very powerful experience of God's love and his presence when I was 13. So I think for myself I was awakened to that deep sort of spiritual relationship with the Lord from a young age. I had to have major spinal surgery when I was 13 hmm. for scoliosis. So Is that why you swam? Yes, it is. So after oh. my surgery, I, I was never allowed to play contact sport. So oh. swimming became my thing. thing. And, yes. and it was also therapeutic because I needed to um, have a strong core. Cool. <laughs> yes. And swimming was the, really the only sport I could do. But I remember my dad really praying for a miracle that I would be healed. Mm. And he took me to see um, Sister Breeze McKenna. So she was a nun who wrote a book called Miracles Do Happen and he really was believing that for this this physical healing and we went and it was a really powerful experience of being in this mass and this, this nun sort of speaking about God, his love, his presence and while God didn't heal my back physically, he definitely revealed himself to me very spiritually. Mm-hmm. So I went into that experience at the tender age of 13 with a real trust in him because it was quite it was major major surgery my spine was curved 78 degrees which was huge and it was a new surgery they were trialing in Australia so it was a real step of faith to to have that done and um, it was very successful so they reduced the curve in my spine to 26 degrees and I yeah i I really how, don't how have any problems. Look, it was a long time. In exactly. ICU, I was a, a month in Sydney and then airlifted back to Canberra in an air ambulance, driven to my home in an ambulance. I couldn't go wow. in a car for six months. So, you know, it was a long period I remember being 13 having to wear a bright colored tracksuit to my all-girls school so no one bumped me for a year it was mortifying
0: (laughs) that was before (laughs) high vis was in wasn't it yeah that's right
1: that's right (laughs) yeah there's terrible tracksuits maybe you
0: created the the, the
1: phenomenon I don't know (laughs) that wouldn't be good I don't think I'd like to be known as that (laughs) but look I um I think that experience for me the night before my surgery I had this little devotional that I was given to at my confirmation, I opened it up to Proverbs 3, verse um, 5 to 6, and it was, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in everything you do acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Hmm. And that scripture has just been a signature scripture over my entire life. And it really grounded me going through that experience. So... Your original question was, have I ever wavered in my faith? I think then fast forward to college and, yes, um, I was dating a guy and his mother passed away from cancer and I was angry about that. And Mm -hmm. I I remember telling my dad one day, I'm not going to mass today. And and he was so beautiful. He sat next to me and listened. And anyway, I ended up going to mass (laughs) (laughs) with him. But I think it was just that struggle of, what yep. happens when terrible things happen to us mm-hmm. and, and faith and, yeah. yeah. So, and then Jonathan and I in the, um, our early years of marriage, we had six years um, where we battled with infertility before we had three kids in three years. Oh, <laughs> we, wow. said, we said to other sisters, please stop praying now. <laughs> we're, 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 good. we're good. We're good. It was a huge <laughs> blessing. But, look, that was a very long season where I think my faith really had to mature and grow up. And I remember being in adoration, coming to that point of, of crossing a threshold where... You know, often we pray. <clears throat> excuse me. We pray. For, sorry. Hang on a sec. <coughs> we pray for something, and we think we're trusting in God, but sometimes we're actually trusting in the hope that we receive. I guess what what we're praying for. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen in life, and terrible things, tragic things, very disappointing mm. things happen, and I. I had to cross that threshold of stepping over that line to say, Lord, mm. I will trust you no matter what the outcome. And yeah. unbeknownst to me, I actually had conceived probably a week before that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I- but look, I think it was – so in terms of my faith, I've always had my faith. There have been little seasons that have definitely tested my faith, mm. but I've never walked away from it, no, because yeah. I, I don't know where I'd be without, you know, Jesus I think we need
0: those kind of seasons to reintroduce to ourselves who God really is.
1: Absolutely. And I think those seasons are very sacred. I remember Mm. during this season of infertility going to a summer school and a a priest, this beautiful older man, gave me this scripture from Hosea that said, I will lead her into the desert and there I will speak tenderly to her. And that desert for me was infertility and that, that barren kind of period of life but it was very sacred because God really spoke to me very tenderly and very gently and really sowed into me a sense of my value and my dignity.
0: What as was his, that scripture as again? His daughter.
1: It's from Hosea. I'd have to look up the exact yeah. scripture that it's. No, oh,
0: I, I have so my Oh my God. Everything you've said in the last nine minutes, yes. I've got. <laughs> My goodness, we, we have a lot to talk about. Okay, quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was in the desert a few days ago in Arizona and um, my, my kind of reversion in the desert and back in the desert and yes. walking the other day through the desert, you know, killing in time before our flight. My yes. husband likes to pack in everything. Like, there's not, there's not a second that we're not doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we hit the ground running. Um, but we were walking, and it was just rocks and a few. And I saw this beautiful purple violet. Oh, I'm going to look it up because it could have been like a desert violet, but it was just there by itself, in the middle of rocks, and. Yes. I really wanted to take a photo. He's me, you know, with my Insta shots. And my <laughs> husband kept walking, and I thought, oh, should I stop? He might get cranky with me if I stop and take a photo. I'll just keep running. Surely there'll be another one.
1: Yeah, and there and wasn't.
0: There was not. because no, uh, I, mean. I kept. I had just been to this retreat where you know God is abundant. He He will give, and I thought, oh, He'll give me another. He'll give me another violet. It's okay. I'll <laughs> I'll find another one. And we walked and walked and. It was, did not see another flower of any kind. Oh. And I kept thinking, hey, show me something, you know, I thought I was going to see another beautiful thing. Yes. And and it wasn't um, until when I got home a few days later that I realised that just because I didn't capture that image of what was beautiful and nobody saw it but me, Mm. it doesn't take away its beauty. No. It just you don't no, and need an audience for, for it to be
1: beautiful, no. And it was obviously a gift just for you to I enjoy. I know, but
0: yeah. these, these desert, where dry places are, there, there is beauty there.
1: There is absolutely, and I think you know, walking with so many women, mm. I see that in their lives. I guess when we're given over, when we say yes to mm. suffering, when we say yes to the journey, I think God really does meet us in that place. Mm. I know. Um, I read a book many years ago and it was looking at how people, how do some people come through adversity and tragedy and some people don't. And it came down to one question and that mm. question was people ask themselves a particular question when they're going through difficulty. A lot of people will say why, why me, why does this happen, why do good things happen or terrible mm. things happen, sorry, yeah. to bat. you know, all, all that sort yeah. of. Yeah, good people, those terrible things. But the other question is how? and the yeah. people that actually are able to walk through ask how how will i grow through this how will god's mercy and his me. glory absolutely be revealed what lessons does he want to teach me in the midst mm. of this pain and i think if we can ask those how questions he meets us and it's yeah. not all for nothing yeah and and i think he does the most precious lessons that i've learned in my life have happened in the middle of of pain and suffering and mm. in the desert yeah. so you're right a lot of beauty yeah. does come from that place
0: yeah and and when hard things do happen we believe those lies that it's feeding us it's you know Absolutely. you're not you know he's left you he's abandoned you yes. um i mean even in the little flower like oh he didn't come through he didn't give me another flower
1: yes yes but then I, he's there Absolutely it is and I I think for myself going through that journey of infertility one of those lies was you know how do you be fruitful in multiple you know in your marriage if you're not able to have children what is my Mm. value my purpose as a woman Mm. if I can't bear biological children and it really challenged me that was my kind of grappling and I think what the Lord did for me was really reveal my identity as his beloved daughter. Before I was a wife, before I was anything else, I was his daughter and mm. all of my value came from that place. And that was a very freeing, um, yeah. very beautiful experience in the midst of that particular journey. Yeah.
0: So so with your sisterhood, yes. I just, I'm just going to read a quote from... Um, Brene Brown. It's quite yeah. long. It's not. Yeah, it's quite long. So hold on.
1: Okay, okay. Bear,
0: bear with me. Bear with me. But um, I just sensed this because I was at this Blessed She retreat, and it is such such community, such belonging. And I think do do you find now more than ever women are crying out for belonging?
1: Oh, absolutely, they are. And I think yes, I think every human person is. To be honest, with our <laughs> you know, all the social media, everyone's so Mm. connected but no one's really connected, like on a heart level, on that level Mm. that really matters. And I think there's just so much loneliness and pain in people's lives but Mm. everyone's putting up this facade of having Mm. it all together and there's this more and more sense of being isolated. And I think for us I guess that's what sisterhood is. Um, It's a Catholic women's movement that... In Australia creates that sense of community for women. So they, mm-hmm. they are connected with one another. They're fed spiritually, nourished spiritually. Um Yeah, absolutely. So you can read this quote. All right,
0: yeah, I forget. Or oh, the computer turns off. It says here belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal. We often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of acceptance. And and I thought, oh, wow, I highlighted that. And then I realised actually there's more to it Mm. (laughs) that's even, even more profound. It says, this this she goes on to say that this is true but it is incomplete there's much more to true belonging being ourselves means sometimes having to find the courage to stand alone totally alone hmm. um and i felt that so profoundly when i was away yeah. <laughs> okay i was so i felt so alone but so loved like it was so paradoxical i couldn't get my head around it hmm. um and she goes on to say, um, uh, where is it? Uh, needing, um, I still thought of belonging as requiring something external, external to us, something we yeah. secure by, yes, showing up in a real way, but needing an experience that always involved others. Mm-hmm. So as I dug deeper into the true belonging, it became clearer that it's not something we achieve or accomplish I hope with mm-hmm. others, it's something we carry in our once we belong thoroughly ourselves and believe thoroughly in ourselves, true belonging is ours.
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Is, is identity, is, does that scream knowing who you really are?
1: Absolutely. And, and I love her work, yeah. Renee Brown. She's just, she hits the nail on the head, I think, mm. with, when it comes to belonging and vulnerability. But... Something you said in that quote really stood out for me and it's a um, concept, I guess, that's spoken about in theology, the body of original solitude, that before we are connected, because we are as human beings, especially women, we're created and we're primed for relationship and for connection with other people. But I think before we can have healthy relationships with others, we need to have that healthy relationship with ourselves. And that comes from having a connection and a relationship with God, that original solitude before him. Mm. That, and that's where we find our identity and our true sense of belonging and, and taking what Brene Brown's saying and, and bringing that into the spiritual. Um, yeah. I think that it, it's kind of, yeah, it sums it up very beautifully. But and, and John Paul too talks about that original solitude, that experience of being alone before God, Um, Mm -hmm. of that you know the original man his experience but all of us have that experience of being alone like I know people even in our own marriage at times going through infertility that you can be married but you can be lonely Um, or you can be in the middle of a huge crowd and and feel connected and be smiling but feel lonely Mm -hmm. I think when we connect with the Lord and we you know receive our identity as his beloved daughter because that's a gift that he gives and he bestows on us then we have a more integrated sense of self and then we're able to have those healthy relationships with mm. others.
0: Like yeah, So being alone, I mean, like you sense, I sensed it profoundly, but I knew I wasn't alone. Does
1: that yes. make sense? Yes. Because so, yeah. yeah, with him, with we're you.
0: never alone.
1: No, that's right. No. Yeah. And and uh, many years ago when I was, uh, my background was, I was a registered nurse and I specialized in oncology and palliative care. So, Uh, just nursing people who obviously are at the end of their life and giving them an experience, I guess, of walking them home to heaven's door. And at the end of the day, even then, like we come into the world alone and we leave the world alone, even though we might be surrounded by others. And all of the people that were able to leave this life when they passed and and they had this sense of peace were people who knew that they weren't alone because they were really Mm. deeply connected to the Lord.
0: Mm. Wow. Oh, what's that? Is that Mr. Whippy? <laughs> oh, can you hear? I oh, know that's a clock in the
1: background. Sorry. <laughs> no,
0: that's beautiful. It's, uh, the bell, it's the bells ringing us
1: home. <laughs> the, that's right. Right on cue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, something also that um, Beth Davis said in one of her speak talks, she said that the Holy Spirit comes to swallow up loneliness.
1: Yes.
0: You have the spirit of God on the inside of us. We've yes. also got the Eucharist and we should that's... tether our hearts to the tabernacle and that just got me unstuck.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think more and more in this day and age that's what we we need. Like, I mean, we're living in a culture that is becoming so anti-Christian, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so many challenges in the church and in, in other areas of life and we just, that one guarantee, that one steadfast, our rock is Jesus and to meet him in the Eucharist and Blessed Sacrament, he's the one that gives us the grace and the capacity to yeah. to face whatever we are asked to face, whatever cross we are asked to carry.
0: Yeah. I saw, yeah. I saw a beautiful quote the other day. I'm trying to find it now. Um, by Bishop Daniel Jenke, I think it is. Yes. It? So
1: he, yes. Do you
0: know him? Yes, I do. He says, we no longer... Uh, No, we can no longer be Catholics by accident, but instead must be Catholics by conviction.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, the time has come.
1: (laughs) Yes, it has, yeah. And I think, you know, we need that community of of kindred (laughs) spirits and other people around us to, you know, hold on to our faith, to nurture it, to grow it and to share our experiences with.
0: Yeah, so tell us, how did the ministry come about,
1: your sisterhood ministry? Yeah, so look, sisterhood's been operating in Australia now for the past 13, 14 years, I think. Um, And it actually began just a group of girls in Canberra. We moved back here after getting married and we just were really hungry for more, more connection. We wanted to learn how to be good wives because we were newlyweds and um, just to really nurture our relationship with Jesus. So five of us just started meeting together on a weekly basis. We did resources, and then there was other girls who sort of gathered and joined. But then also some of the single girls or the more mature women wanted to form groups too. So all like these... okay, you
0: put that. I'm I'm becoming a mature uh, woman no, now. Me too. Me too.
1: <laughs> Not old, just mature. Wow. <laughs> nice. in our years. That's right. So, look, a lot of groups sprung up and we call these connect groups. So Mm -hmm. um, these groups now operate all across Australia and and they meet once a fortnight and they're just women who get together in somebody's home. They might do a study. Prayer is always foundational. So Mm -hmm. we have a sisterhood prayer and they begin in prayer um, and then they work through a resource. And it's just a, a place where women can connect. They can be nourished and formed in the faith through the resources but then they also have that prayer and that support um so for many years we did these connect groups and there was also a, a men's ministry called the young men of god movement who is kind of our brother ministry and they ran a conference and jonathan my husband spoke at that and then i was also asked to speak at the this conference to the men on understanding the hearts of women, which was a great privilege. But I remember one night standing up the back of the auditorium and the men were all facing the other direction. And it was like this army of men with their arms just out in worship. And it was just, I was so blown away. It was so powerful. And I was really caught up in this moment of just gratitude for these men because these were really good men, really seeking the Lord. Mm. Caught up in this moment when I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and he said Karen these men are only half of the picture for the Mm. full picture to be realized the women need to take their place alongside these men and that's when this idea of hosting a a national women's conference dropped into my spirit and I took it back to the girls on the team and we were like surely God can't be saying that we've watched the men run these conferences and we had little babies at the time we're like surely God's not asking that of us (laughs) but then over time that conviction became stronger and so we host now Australia's Catholic Women's Conference. So we have women come from all around Australia um, for a whole weekend of a retreat style weekend, (laughs) which is really beautiful, really profound. We have a lot of guest speakers, the sacraments, and it's really beautiful. So Sisterhood really, to sum up, is a community of Catholic women and it's broken down into the conference, the connect groups, and then connect events, which run in Sydney, Canberra, um, Brisbane and Melbourne on a regular basis.
0: If you're not Catholic, can you attend?
1: Absolutely. There's quite a lot of women who came to the conference who weren't Catholic. I mean, obviously there's the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist and adoration. So I think the people that came were very, um, really touched by those those moments Mm. of sacredness. Mm. And and we certainly gained a lot from them. I guess their love and their passion for scripture was mm. really beautiful. So, yes, they do. My mum comes every year um, mm. and very beautiful. We've got connect groups which have women who aren't Catholic in them. And, yeah. yeah they they bring something like, else to the table. Absolutely, they have. do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, when you were speaking about your experience in that hall, I just had this um, – Heather Kim, one of the speakers at the conference, on, at the retreat yes. I was at, she said, um, God has come to set us free. Too long have you sat in the shadows. And that's, yeah. that's what he's speaking to each and every woman.
1: Absolutely. Yes, and I think, you know, John Paul too says that, you know, every wom- woman has a place yeah. and, and yeah. women are called to take their place in society wherever they feel called. And it's, I guess it's that vocational mm. nature we talk about vocation, obviously being religious life or married life, or um, but there's also a vocation, I believe, in womanhood in itself, and and the call to, I guess, express the gifts that we have. And John Paul II mm-hmm. talks about these being the feminine genius, they're qualities that are unique to womanhood. Um, he says they need to be fostered, nurtured, and encouraged, and called out in our world. I think when you have the presence of women alongside the presence of of men and the gift of masculinity, you know, powerful things can happen.
0: And that's right. It's not one against the other. It's together.
1: Absolutely. And And it's this this word of complementarity. Like whenever we see men and women pitted against one another in that spirit of competition and and mm. domination, manipulation, I mean, that's not of the Lord. Like God's mm-hmm. original plan was that man and woman would partner alongside one another in life in a relationship of complementarity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. how beautiful. Well, we're going to have to have you back again. Speaking just on that, please, <laughs> if we can get Yes, this. we
1: can do that. We can do that.
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm coming
1: to know. maybe
0: face-to-face.
1: Face. <laughs> Sounds good. Face-to-face, face. Yeah. that
0: would be great. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we need to hear more about that.
1: Yes, I think we do. But look, you were wanting to talk around this idea of support and community Mm -hmm. Um, and I think one of the quotes, you you mentioned Brené Brown, but one of the quotes that I love, one of hers, is that it's all around vulnerability and she says, vulnerability is the last thing that I want you to see in me but it's the first thing that I look for in you. And I think it is and the, the social media you know present your best and hide the rest mm. It's it, you touched on this before leaving people really isolated I think one thing that sisterhood does and, and just female connection does is starve off you know yeah. when we can connect it starves off loneliness yep. um, and it's so important but I think one thing in sisterhood we really try and nurture I guess is what we call authentic friendships and and encouraging women not to be afraid to be vulnerable. I know in my Connect group we had one woman who, you know, we were meeting for years and it was nice and it it felt good and we shared but we hadn't really gone to that really deep place of sharing. And one night she shared a struggle that she'd been struggling with for many years and it just broke something in the atmosphere in our group. And I think when you share and you're vulnerable, you give other people permission to do the same, and they totally. feel safe, and they feel like, oh my goodness, you don't have it all together. I can mm. be real now. Yeah. So I think that's one thing we really encourage women. Obviously, you don't want to air all your dirty laundry <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Brené Brown says. But in, says it, in you, that safe space, it, absolutely, it's
0: necessary.
1: Yes, and and she says that you share with people who have earned the right
0: to hear your story,
1: and I think that's really important. People have to, you know, you see people whether they're trustworthy, whether they gossip, whether you hear them Mm. talking about somebody else. You know, wouldn't share with that person if if they have loose lips, so to speak. Um, Yeah. But vulnerability—it's just—it's such a gift, and I think it frees something within ourselves as women. Because we put, a, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on us, but we also put a a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, So I think when we're real, it it kind of lightens the atmosphere and it allows us to live with our struggles and our strengths side by side and, and accepting ourselves.
0: I think that's so true, Karen. Yeah. Um, just to be you, to be real and raw and vulnerable—that's where the peace will come to your heart. I think
1: mm. when
0: you're when you're sharing that with somebody, yes, and with God, with Jesus, yeah, he, he he knows us so intimately, and we think that we're hiding things from him when we're we're not.
1: Mm. Yes, absolutely, and I think just I know in my life having time before the Blessed Sacrament. Um, where you can just process some of those things, mm. it has been so healing as well. So it, the vulnerability with others and, like you said, also the vulnerability with our Lord is, is so important.
0: Because that informs our identity.
1: Yes, it does. And I think that's where he can weed out some of those false ideas that we have. And, mm. and, and when we go to him, we just ask him to show us, reveal to us, Holy Spirit, the areas that I need to grow in. Um, the areas I need to trust in.
0: I think the hardest thing is um, for him to become real. I know mm. I, you know, I had great foundations, but he wasn't real to me, mm. like really real. Yes. Um, and that that takes. I think that takes maturity, but it also takes courage to ask for him to show himself.
1: Yes. Yes, and In I think re- also, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 that's just that he, he is personal. He's so personal.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, but unless we're vulnerable enough, I think, or willing enough to, to ask, yes, he, he, he respects our freedom.
1: He yes, will, he does.
0: He will leave us, you know, he, he will let us come about it at, at our own pace, I suppose, but he's right there and he's, he doesn't leave us.
1: No, Actually. he doesn't. And I think that's why sometimes, you know, we really encounter him in those difficult seasons of our life because we
0: sometimes we,
1: we cry out. We have nothing mm-hmm. else left. We're so mm-hmm. alone. And so we cry out to him. But like it's you said, it's a kind of last resort. We think, that's oh, right. no, I can do
0: it on my own. I can do it by myself. I don't need anyone. I sure as hell don't need him because yeah. he's abandoned me. And then we cry out and realize. He's always been there and he hasn't yes. left us.
1: Yes. Yes. No, he's um he's very faithful and I think through good and bad and, and I think just trusting in his faithfulness regard regardless of circumstances is um is so important.
0: Do you think we fear who God might be? We fear we fear that he might be this taskmaster and he's there to trick us, you know, pull us up on things.
1: Yeah. I think. I think it has a lot to do with our relationship with our earthly father, to be mm. honest. I think mm. that really does shape for us a view of Father God, Father in heaven. So for myself, I was just so blessed. My dad is such a beautiful man and um, i have just... I mean I just think God loves me <laughs> no matter what and <laughs> um but I know other people don't have that experience and a few years ago um I was oh gosh it was probably eight years ago now I came across Henry Nguyen's book called the, uh, I know yeah, what you're gonna say life of yes. the beloved. <laughs> uh the pro- well the prodigal son it's called oh, home I haven't tonight read that. it's it's well, it's so beautiful and it was actually given to Jonathan and we were running out the door on holidays. I was like, ah, I need some books. I'll just take that one. And honestly, I spent the next 12 months just taking that book to adoration and just meditating and reflecting on it. And it's Henry Newman's Reflections on the Parable of the Prodigal Son but the painting of, by Rembrandt of the Prodigal Son. Yes. Okay. And I had always thought that painting was so dark and a little depressing. And ugly. Okay. Re- yeah. Yes. Well, are we actually have a copy French, in our home. Orange now? and brown. No, don't worry, it's growing yeah. on me too. <laughs> well, I think it was this experience of reflecting on it. And Henry Nguyen talks about we can know God in our heads, but that knowledge has to descend into our hearts so that mm-hmm. we feel his love and we internalise our sense of value, we internalise his unconditional love for us. And if anyone struggles with, I guess, their image of God, the Father, I'd really encourage them to read that book Home Tonight and, and to spend some time reflecting on that parable. Because, I'll put
0: it in the show notes. So yes, do. Cause, look, it was,
1: that was just a really powerful 12 months in my own life where it was almost like that painting then became a part of, I guess, my heart and mm. my experience of God's love, that falling into the Father and him embracing me so that has that's been a real anchor in my life that that painting and those reflections on that painting okay
0: i'll look into it yes
1: (laughs) yes very very powerful how beautiful
0: um all right karen is there anything else you'd like to share with that
1: look it's been a a real pleasure talking with you yeah no look it's been a pleasure um talking with you and just encourage anyone, if they're sort of feeling isolated, lonely as women and they'd like to get connected, um, just to have a look at the Sisterhood website, which is www.sisterhood.org.au. Um, it will be in a, the show notes. Fantastic. Because there's a lot of events and and I just want to encourage other women to, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in our own group or our own life And we don't realise there's people around us that are hurting as well. So I think just being open to the moments that the Holy Spirit brings us each day to encounter people who may need some hope or who may need a hug or a conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because there's always people everywhere. We just need to slow ourselves down enough to, to see and hear. Beautiful. Before yeah. we
0: finish, um, I'm going to just say this prayer that was said over us by Michelle Benzinger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then we're going to go into what brought you joy this week. I know I forgot to ask you. That's okay. So have a think about it. Okay. Um, and this is just what Michelle said. She said, Lord, ignite an army of feminine geniuses with feats so bold that we make hell tremble and heaven rejoice. Amen.
1: And I just, yeah, I'm into that sister. So. I love it. I love it. It's so true. Oh, goodness. I think when it, we found this at our sister conference last year, it was so powerful and so many women felt that power breaking in the atmosphere, mm. in their own life but just in the room, that I, I truly believe that the time is now, like born for such a time as this, for women to rise up, to take their place um, and to be a voice of hope yeah and, and I think totally. the power and the witness of women saying yes to the Lord and yes to their assignment in life is yep. immensely powerful, and we just need not fear.
0: exactly yeah. there's no need and fear is directly from the pits of hell.
1: Mm. I've,
0: I've, I know that for certain.
1: yes, yes. Yeah. It was, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. he comes to steal our hope and kill our identity and rob us mm. of everything that the Lord wants to bring into our lives. And he's a merciful God and he loves each one of us and he's with each one of us.
0: And he's not out to hurt us.
1: (laughs) No, not at all. He's. I I think Father Ken Barker gives a beautiful talk on the mercy of God and he actually, I think that's on the Sisterhood website from the conference too, but he talks about this is the nature of God. So if you find him to be a taskmaster or if you're in fear of him and uh, his anger, then it, it, you really just spend some time falling in love with the nature, reading about the nature yeah. of God because he's just all mercy and love. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see what brought
1: you joy. What <laughs> brought me joy? Oh, goodness. Well, the bike ride this morning. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was looking forward to that, but anyway, no, that didn't. I love being with my kids, they bring me joy. But I think last weekend, um, attending my husband's brother's wedding and dancing up a storm with my husband, oh, that's dancing gorgeous. brings me joy. Oh, woman. <laughs> oh, it was good fun. So that's yeah. what brought me joy. Oh, yeah, that's
0: Thank beautiful. But, well, the Blessed She retreat brought me joy, oh, like fantastic. joy that i yeah, overwhelming yeah. joy. Yes. So yeah. I can't, uh, if, if anyone gets a chance to go,
1: do it.
0: Do or, you have a retreat coming up
1: too, don't you? Well, we I'm have lots in Australia, <laughs> yes, and I'm not sure many people can make it to the United States. So I guess Mr yeah. Hood is the Australian version of that. So we've got the National Conference and then we've got retreats which operate throughout the year a few times in each of the major cities and then the connect groups with people which people can join at any time if they just email and we can and if they don't know anyone they can email and we can try and place them in a group and, in their area and there's no
0: fear to go like even if you don't like i went across the other side of the world by myself and didn't yes. know a soul you'll feel welcome it is the most As, welcoming loving yes. embrace that you, you that you've been wanting and, and I, it,
1: that's right. And I think some of the women at the conference say that they come not knowing anybody. I remember this young girl; she came and she didn't know a soul, and she was really nervous. And she just cried the entire weekend because she said, "Everyone's so nice to me. <laughs> like they love they love me. They don't even know me, and they love me." And yeah, and um, it's and it's authentic love. It's that's not... <laughs> right. That's right. So yes, I just encourage any any woman who is feeling isolated to really get connected. Wherever you are in your parish, if you've got something or. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's been Fantastic. absolute
0: joy and pleasure to talk to
1: you. You too, Jess. Thank you for having me and God bless you and God Again. bless your ministries. I'm coming to hunt you down in Canberra, <laughs> so don't worry. Oh, you can come for a coffee anytime. That would be <laughs> Love lovely. To. All, right, All right. God bless Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank Bye.
0: you. Bye. Bye.